What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Monday, February 19th. I don't know why, but to me, it feels like a Sunday. It may just be me. I don't know if it's all of you, and I'm really not sure why it feels like a Sunday, but when I woke up this morning around 8 a.m., I really thought it was Sunday. Maybe because I had such a great Saturday. Maybe because today is a holiday. Some of you are off of work. Not everybody. I do call this work, even though I enjoy it. It's nice to enjoy your job. But I didn't want to take today off just to take today off. It is President's Day, February 19th. It's a day to honor some of the finest presidents the United States has seen. And I thought to myself, what better way could I celebrate President's Day than to come to you on the airwaves from lovely Columbia! What says celebrating President's Day in the U.S. than being here in Columbia? I mean, what, what could possibly be more of a celebration than that? I'm not hanging out with any former presidents here, but I do have a lot of friends. Girls, 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 girls. Is today a day where you barbecue if you have the day off? I barbecued over the weekend, actually. It was my first Medellin barbecue. Barbecued on the balcony, nothing burned down, only some of my friend's hair burned off. See, I don't go near barbecues with charcoal or when you're lighting them up. I don't do any of that. Once everything is lit, once everything's good to go, then I don't mind flipping a burger, flipping a steak, chicken, whatever it may be. But starting that thing up, I want nothing to do with that. And it's not like I tell my friends, hey, no, you go do it. And they don't want to do it. They just, they like doing it. I don't put myself in danger with barbecues. You know, we all have risks and rewards and barbecues, just not my thing. But I am here in Medellin doing the show today. I'm having a great time. I'll be back in Miami on Friday. I get in on Friday. I'll put in some wagers on the Hard Rock Bet app because that's what I do pretty much right after I land. Saturday, I'll go to the Florida Panthers game. The Panthers are playing so well, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be there with Marlins man and then Uncle Luke and his son. They're also going on Saturday, so that should be a good time. I'll head to Gulfstream Park before the Panthers game, and then on Sunday, I'll fly back here to Medellin, for another week before coming back again for my poker tournament. I like that schedule. And I'll be here on the airwaves, although I am taking a few more days off this month because now that football season is over, it's like, all right, let's just chill out a little bit. And now we don't even have hoops going on at the moment. This is a week where basketball won't get going for a few more days. So we just sit here. We can digest All-Star Weekend and talk about how bad it was. 
But we didn't have football yesterday, so what else can we do? You want me to sit here and talk about the Daytona 500? Some of you would love that. I'm a big race fan. Let me take that back. I'm a big NASCAR fan. I used to be a bigger NASCAR fan. I used to go to a lot of races. And then after about eight years of doing that, I'm like, all right, I could just watch some on television now. I don't have to go as much. I went to Daytona once for the 500, and it was an experience. So yesterday, as all of you are well aware, it was raining and raining and raining and raining all throughout Florida, South Florida, Central Florida. So the Daytona 500 got uh, washed out. The Delray Beach Open, that got washed out. And today's a day to make everything up. So the Daytona 500 going on. Uh, you've got tennis. You've, you've got a lot here on this Monday. And it's great because it's a holiday. Should have been scheduled this way anyway. It's a fine spot. Monday afternoon, put stuff on my television. Because yesterday, yesterday we didn't even have a Canes baseball game to watch in the afternoon, if you were going to watch that. I mean, that got washed out. We had the NBA All-Star game on TV last night. And the total in that game was 355, something like that, and it went way over. What is the NBA going to do? I'm a fan of basketball. I'm a fan of hockey. I'm a fan of baseball. I'm a fan of football. I'm a fan of everything. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a huge soccer fan, but I do want Inter-Miami to succeed. And yes, I, I am always on this show all about honesty. So just because I call out certain people doesn't mean I don't want an organization to win. I want all of our teams to win. The more winning we have in South Florida, the more fun it is for me to come on the airwaves and have a discussion. Some of you think, oh, let's just moan and groan and complain, fetch about everything, and that's going to be fantastic. No. Last year, I had probably the most fun I've ever had doing this show. Traveling to all of these games, talking about all of the winning excitement. But when there's organizations that say things, owners, managers, CEOs, and I know they're just completely full of it because I wasn't born yesterday, I have the luxury of coming on here and discussing it for all of you to listen to. And I appreciate that you're here to listen to it because you trust me. You know I'm not coming on here and just spewing out garbage. I'm not about that. When I say something, there's education behind it. Something that I know about, something that I see, something that I've been encompassed in for so long. And being in South Florida my entire life, I mean, sure, I do travel a lot. 
I, I've seen it all. I've met a lot of people. I know how things work. And I know when someone is telling the truth. And I know when someone is completely full of it. And the worst part to me is when I know someone is full of it. But they keep saying something and it gets in everybody's head and then they just believe it. I'm not going to go off on on anyone in particular right now, but I brought up inner Miami and I'm still waiting for that groundbreaking ceremony that was supposed to happen last year. I mean, that's what they said. They said they're going to have a ceremonial groundbreaking in 2023 and it's February 19th, 2024. But let them just keep saying things. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That stadium next to the airport in Miami, they said it's going to be completed where they'll play in it in 2025. Next year. Have you looked at that ground where there's supposedly toxic waste underneath it? I mean, there's no more golf course there. That's progress I guess but trust me there will be another excuse trust me on that that's not a scoop that's not some information that I have factually because if it was I would report it but trust me there will be another excuse somebody will be blamed oh this was slow and these people We're way behind and we couldn't do what we wanted to. Trust me, that is coming. That excuse is coming a lot quicker than a stadium is. All right, so I have a lot to get to on this Monday afternoon. Even though we don't have a lot going on, I'm ready for baseball season. I'm ready for the so-called second half of the heat season. I'm ready to keep watching the Florida Panthers win, win, and win, and I'll be there at the Emirate Bank Arena on Saturday night. Looking forward to that. Even when you think there's not a lot, there's always something going on in South Florida. And I'm sure before we know it, something else will pop up that we wouldn't even expect. So as I said, I got a lot to get to this hour, and I don't want to be very negative about the NBA All-Star game, but that's what was on my television yesterday and throughout the weekend when I had my TV on, when I wasn't at a poker table or hanging out with friends, and what was on my TV is what I need to bring up, but I can't. Until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. My summary of NBA All-Star Weekend, bad. Really bad. I was keeping track of all of it. It failed big time in so many aspects. And I thought about it this morning. I think about it a lot when I'm having my coffee. This morning, I actually had a cappuccino and a frappuccino. I went from hot to cold. I had some eggs, some toast. 
and I'm thinking about, okay, NBA All-Star Weekend, how can this be fixed? What ideas do I possibly have and what ideas may others have where this can turn into something that is watchable? And I continue to think and think and think and think and I couldn't come up with anything. And that stinks. What stinks about it is they're not going to get rid of it. The NBA is not saying bye-bye to the All-Star Game or All-Star Weekend. And if nobody can think of a fix for it, then we're just going to continue to have these same garbage on television. And I wish we didn't. Because I remember how it was when I was growing up. I was so excited for All-Star Saturday and Sunday. So the NBA is not going to get rid of this thing, ever. Anybody who says, let's scrap it, just forget about it, let's name teams, have a little party and move on, NBA is not doing that. And the reason they're not doing that, the NBA All-Star Game and, and the weekend is very starry. It's filled with stars. Plus, they have a lot of sponsors. The NBA makes big money. Essentially... This is a TV show that sold on TNT. You have a city that gets the game. And that city gets a lot of money from that big event being in town. In this case, this past weekend, it was Indianapolis. So the NBA is not going to scrap everything because people think it stinks. But when you look at the game from last night, the game itself, it was completely unwatchable. I don't like saying that because we did watch it, and if something's unwatchable, that means you can't watch it, but I think you get my point. We watched it, but it was terrible. We wished we didn't watch it. There was not a lick of anybody giving a dang about anything in that game. And I'm talking about in the entire building, nobody cared about the game. The whole night. The only time there was any emotion or any interest, it was when Dame was named the MVP instead of their hometown guy, Halliburton. And the Pacers fans were booing. That was it. That was the only emotion. And you look at the players. Do you think the players care about that game? Not even a little bit. I don't mean to keep going back to when I was a kid, but when I look at the NBA All-Star game in the weekend, there used to be moments where in the game, one guy would get isolated on another, and then it's just a personal pride thing. You know, you're not going to score on me. So you would get these mini moments, little one-on-one matchups. Those were fun to watch. I remember Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose once in an all-star game. He was playing defense against him so hard. These guys today, all they do, they come down, they chuck a three, and that's it. One guy from half court, another guy from the logo, just three after three after three, 
And that's not very interesting. Kobe Bryant once said, and he was so right, he said the way the All-Star game was trending, you see more competition in a UCLA pickup game. And that's what fans want. They want the best pickup game in the world with the best players in the world. That's what I want to see, but that's not what we get. We get a really bad product. It doesn't make sense because the league is blessed with really fun and interesting players. And I'm not one of those guys who's just going to dump on the modern guys because I think there's some greats. But for whatever reason, they have absolutely no interest, zero interest in playing the All-Star game. And as a viewer, that makes me not want to have any interest in watching them play an All-Star game. At least it was nice to see Bam out there and a very nice honor to make his first All-Star game start. That was cool. He came out, he waved, he threw an alley-oop to Giannis, he threw the ball off Jokic while inbounding, he took it up the court, knocked down a three, and that was it. Good night, everybody. Bam finished with three points, one-for-one shooting from three-point land. And I understand because in a game where zero defense is played and nobody cares, why would big men mean anything? It's all about guards chucking up shots. The one thing the NBA did get right is get rid of the Team LeBron, Team Giannis gimmick. That was so dumb. It's a lot of dumb right now, but what else can I say? There's just dumb going on. When they had Team LeBron, Team Giannis, you had guys jumbled up, just random teams. It was impossible to know who was on what team, who to cheer for. It was just so stupid. And then they also had a target score, which is a good idea, but it's far too complicated for a fan to get into. Everyone's wondering, like, okay, what do they got to do now? And it's got to be explained a thousand times. You start the fourth quarter. Whoever's in the lead has to score 24 more points. The target score, 24, was in honor of Kobe Bryant. And when you sit down and really think about it, it can make for a good game, but the old-fashioned run a clock and whoever's got more points when it runs out wins. That seems to be a little easier for everybody to get a grip on. So the NBA, they got rid of two bad ideas. One was a good thought with Kobe, but they got so much more to work on because all-star games back in the day, Michael on the East, Carl Malone on the West or Magic in the West, the idea was you knew who everyone was playing for. And there was a little bit of professional pride that came with it. All-star games were a big deal monster deal we were all watching them we were all excited about them now one of the main reasons to watch is if you're going to wager on it and wagering on the nba all-star game oof. <laughs> i mean you gotta be i guess you just need some type of action i I'd, I'd rather play casino war and trust me i do not like playing casino war I like playing poker, and you can play in my monthly poker tournament in 
two weeks from now, two weeks from tomorrow, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament is happening at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Remember, we don't have a lot of days in February, even though this month we've got one extra with the leap year. But Tuesday, March 5th, put a reminder in your head, put a reminder in your phone. Tuesday night, March 5th at 6 p.m., cards will be in the air for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at the Hard Rock. $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, and it's just 250 bucks to buy in. If you don't want to wait to play in a tournament until March 5th, I get it. Visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. You'll see the event schedule. They got the Escalator Series going on right now. Later on this week, they'll have a $300,000 guaranteed prize pool. So visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. And then I hope to see you very soon at the poker table at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I'll be out at Gulfstream Park yet again this coming weekend. The championship meet is going on. And I always have a great time when I go to Gulfstream Park. You go with some good friends, hang out in the trackside restaurant, 10 Palms, or the Carousel Club outside. The racing action going on at Gulfstream Park during this championship meet is so exciting. It's so good. And the championship meet, that means the best of the best is in town in Hollandale Beach. Our own backyard at Gulfstream Park, we got the best horses in the world racing there right now. The best jockeys, the best trainers, the best of everything. And the food at Gulfstream Park is fantastic. Whether you choose the buffet or order off the menu, it's so, so good. So I'll be out there again this weekend on Saturday before I go to the Florida Panthers game and hopefully watch them win. Head on out to Gulfstream Park, particularly on a live race day, live racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during this championship meet going on right now in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. See, I talk about the best of the best at Gulfstream. Did we get the best of the best Saturday night in the slam dunk contest? We saw Jaime Jaquez Jr., and the first dunk of the night, he leaps over Shaq, and his score is just, meh. I'm like, what? Then Matt McClung, a G-leaguer, he dunks over Shaq in the finals, and he gets a 50. Make it make sense to me, please. It was the exact same bit. Dunk two for Jaime was also cool. He rocked an El Heat culture jersey. He threw on a hat. He had images of Mexico on the floor to honor the Mexican player who came before him. And he threw down a sick dunk. He got a horrible score. And he was done. If I could talk to Jaime, I would say, Jaime, it was not you. It was the contest. He brought fresh energy. He brought creativity, style, Everything he did was good. They just didn't like him for some odd reason. I didn't get it. Look at it this way. Mac McClung, the two-time back-to-back slam dunk champion, he does not play in the NBA. The best dunker does not play in the NBA. He's a G League player for the Osceola Magic. You think... The contest is not broken 
the NBA has to find a way, probably money, to get the best players, the stars of the league, to participate in the dunk contest. Jalen Brown, who was an actual all-star, he did it this year. He was abysmal. My favorite was he did a normal dunk, and then after finishing it, covered his eyes trying to do the D. Brown. Not at all how that works. D. Brown literally covered his eyes. Just awful. But at least he participated. Now every dunk seems to be a tribute dunk. This is the D. Brown. This is the Dr. J. This is the Blake Griffin. Let's jump over someone. The same stuff over and over and over again. You know what people want to see? They want to see good players dunking hard. They don't have to bring out a circus clown to make the dunk work. Just dunk well. Think back to Dominique Wilkins. He didn't do anything crazy. He was just awesome. Just do that. Be awesome. I could rattle off a bunch of players who should do the dunk contest. John Morant, Zion Williamson, Anthony Edwards. Get one of those guys, and the event becomes way more electric. But the stars won't do it because they don't want to lose to Mac McClung. It's not good for their brand. When you look back at the history of the NBA, Kobe did the dunk contest. Michael did the dunk contest. Larry Bird did the three-point shootout. Dr. J did the dunk contest. Dwight Howard did the dunk contest. And yet now, at this time, the best of the best, they're not doing it. So what you get is Mac McClung, which to me is an embarrassment to the NBA. You couldn't find one player good enough to take down this G-leaguer. The only event to me that's not broken, at least there's a little excitement about it, is the three-point shootout. Maybe because the best still do it. There were names. Dame now, a back-to-back winner. But he had to get through some really good players. So the three-point contest, guys are still doing it. The format is fine. It's entertaining. The Steph thing, Steph against Sabrina. Look, I know what the NBA is doing, and it's relatively smart. They were leveraging their NBA audience, which is big, and trying to use that to prop up the WNBA. It's a reasonable idea. What did it cost viewers? Five minutes? And they were actually entertaining. The problem was the announcers, particularly Kenny Smith, was destroying the event. They were trashing Sabrina. The entire idea the entire time is if you're going to market the WNBA, you can't undermine the WNBA in the same breath. The skills challenge, way too long. Who needs three teams and 20 events of dribbling, throwing a bounce pass? That whole thing was embarrassing. They should scrap that. They never had that when I was growing up. Don't need it now. It's, it's garbage. As I watched this debacle of a weekend, and trust me, I wanted the All-Star game to be good. I like basketball. I like the NBA. I was excited for Bam to start. I was pumped about Jaime Hawkins Jr. in the dunk contest, but the product that we saw was bad. So is Adam Silver a good commissioner? Is the game good in his hands? Because I admire the fact that he wants to try stuff. Trying stuff is good. Like the midseason tournament, he's trying. Nobody understands it, though. And what does it really mean? I think Adam Silver sees the regular season doesn't mean a whole lot, so let's do some type of tournament to make it more relevant, but I don't think that really helped. So I don't know how you fix this All-Star Weekend. But as a commissioner, as somebody who wants to grow the game, is Adam Silver succeeding? I guess when the next TV deal is agreed on and the current one runs through next season, 
But when the new TV deal is signed, we'll see how Adam Silver does. Overall, I think it's clear the players run the league and it's not even close. And if the players are running the league, is that good as a commissioner? I just know that what I watched this weekend was terrible. And as a basketball fan, I deserve better. All of you deserve better. If you are a fan of basketball, you deserve better. Just like you deserve a better option. If you're buying a home, you need a mortgage or refinancing. You deserve Stewie's personal cell phone number because Stewie's got the bagel loan. When I see a bagel, I see a big zero in the middle of it. And that is what you will pay Stewie. You pay Stewie zero. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. It is the bagel loan. You can Google bagel loan if you want. But most importantly, call Stewie on his personal cell phone because he's got the bagel loan for you. 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. Tell Stewie you want to know about the bagel loan. If you're buying a home, you need a mortgage, or you're refinancing with the bagel loan, you will pay Stewie nothing. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. MLS number 226715. If we want to talk about something way more positive going on, let's talk about the Florida Panthers. I don't know if you guys saw that game on Saturday. The Panthers, they go to Tampa Bay. The Lightning, they're a rival. They're the only rival the Panthers have. I don't care what anyone else says. Oh, the Panthers have another rival. No. The Panthers' rival is the Tampa Bay Lightning, period. The Tampa Bay Lightning for years and years and years and years and years have tormented the Florida Panthers. Regular season, playoff time, it's been brutal. Somebody came up to me a week ago in the poker room at the Hard Rock. We were talking about the Panthers, big Panthers fan. And he says to me, I hope we get Tampa in the first round. And I said, why would you ever hope the Panthers get Tampa in the first round. I don't want to see Tampa. And he said, well, look, to be the best, you got to beat some of the best, and Tampa's a great organization, and I'm not afraid of them. I I don't mind them. Let's get them in the first round and just beat them. I said, well, I, I disagree with you. He said, Tampa's just not the same. Okay. Well, Saturday, the Panthers go down one nothing early, and I say, yep, here we go. But then the Florida Panthers went on a casual 9-0 run. When do we ever talk about a 9-0 run in hockey? Never in my life. I've been doing this show. April will be 16 years. I've never talked about a 9-0 run in hockey. But that's what the Florida Panthers went on, a 9-0 run after being down 1-0. Not something you see every day in hockey anywhere. But this Florida Panthers team, they really have it. I don't think this is a case of them peaking too soon. I think they're just a really good hockey team. 
Now, you would love for them to be playing at this level come playoff time. Whether that'll happen or not, who knows? But the Florida Panthers have 11 straight road wins. How crazy is that? They've won 11 in a row on the road. It's supposed to be harder to win on someone else's ice. But this Florida Panthers team, they get the job done, and they're so locked in right now. And you might be saying, well, Slater, go back and look at last season. They were the eighth seed, and they started every series on the road. And look what happened in the first round against the Boston Bruins, one of the best regular season teams, if not the best regular season team in NHL history. And the Florida Panthers went into Boston and took them down. This Florida Panthers team is really good. There was a point last season where truly, and this happened with the Heat too. Gosh, I was so wrong last season. Almost about everything. But at one point last season, I said, I just hope the Panthers lose a couple more games because they'll get rid of Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is just not doing well as the Florida Panthers head coach. And my gosh, did I change my mind? Last season, I changed my mind. Right before they got in, I changed my mind. And I said, you know what? This guy, I I like him. I wanted the Heat to just get eliminated. Don't even get in. Like, lose the second play-in game. And let's just move on with this. And as we know, they both went to their respective finals. So... Just maybe I should be rooting for that again if they could both get back. NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final. The Panthers have a lot of firepower. It's not just one dude. It's not even just Kachuk. It's not just Barkov. It's so many guys. Kachuk recently is playing out of his mind. Sam Reinhart, incredible. He's an all-star. Bobrovsky, an all-star. And what a difference a year and a half makes with Bob. I don't think it's unreasonable for a Florida Panthers fan to say to themselves, are we going to go back to the Stanley Cup final? And for the answer to be yes. This team, they're good enough to make a run, clearly. The question will always be health. You want to have your best players healthy. You want to have a hot goaltender in Bob. He's certainly capable of it. We've seen it. But there's still there's still a big difference between regular season hockey and playoff hockey. Will the Florida Panthers live up to it? Last season, they were the eighth seed. They barely got in. They weren't supposed to do much, and they made it to the Stanley Cup final. When they were the one seed, when they won the President's Trophy the year prior to last They didn't do well at all come playoff time. The Cats, they're home tomorrow night. They should get a good crowd. We got no basketball. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow night and a W in sunrise. And I am looking forward to being there on Saturday night. Flying in on Friday, and I will go to the game on Saturday against the Washington Capitals. Hopefully witness a W. Uncle Luke will be there. He's bringing his son. I'm going with Marlins, man. It'll be a really fun time. And you know me. Of course, I'll wager on that game somehow. 
points-wise, win-wise, whatever it may be. I'll be there, and I'll have some action on it with the Hard Rock Bet app. You know I like winning money. We're always talking about money. Some of us may not be smart with money. Maybe you have new goals, financial goals here in 2024. I continually tell you to contact Trajan Wealth. They're located locally in Palm Beach. Trajan Wealth will help you design a plan based around those financial goals or life objectives that you have. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Why would you not call Trajan Wealth? Maybe you've got a financial advisor now, but they're just not getting the job done. Contact Trajan Wealth. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call Trajan Wealth at 561-390-1000. That's 561-390-1000. Don't wait any longer. Get a hold of Trajan Wealth today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Baseball season, it's here. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Position players are showing up. We hear more and more now about the Marlins, the Yankees, and I say the Marlins only because it's South Florida. Nobody's hearing anything about the Marlins on a national level. And why would they? No, I don't say that to be like, oh, the Marlins, oh, they're going to stink again, even though they probably won't do all that well. But who thought they would do anything last season? I certainly didn't. Jorge Soler, he goes to the San Francisco Giants, and the Marlins bring in... Uh, let me look at my list. Where is my list? Is it in this drawer here? Hold on. It's not on that pad. I just I just see blank pages. Hmm. I must have lost my list of who the Marlins brought in, what major league free agents they've signed. My list got lost. Anybody help me out there with that list? Are the Marlins going to do anything over the next few weeks what is their plan because as they exist right now that roster to me looking at it it doesn't have enough pop they don't have enough bats and that's at full strength what's going to happen as we know it just does when injuries occur if they don't have much pop to begin with that certainly means they don't have depth. I can't even say a lot of depth. I mean, how much depth do they have? Probably no depth. They let a 30-plus home run guy walk, and they replaced him with who? And I'm not talking about who, the guy on first base. No, no, no. They did not replace Jorge Soler with anybody. Sometimes in baseball, I think the ball club has to earn the roster upgrade. I say that a lot. If a roster underperforms, forget them. But if a roster overperforms and they unexpectedly become a contender, the club at that point has an obligation to supplement 
what's happening on the field. And when you take a look at last season, that's exactly what they did. The Marlins took a roster that nobody expected to do anything. They took that roster and said before the trade deadline, we're going to add a couple pieces because you guys have done so well, you deserve it, and we've got a shot. Nobody saw it coming, but at the trade deadline, finally, they recognized it and they went for it. They added Josh Bell and Jake Berger, and it worked. That was fantastic. They got in. I went to Philadelphia. I saw that series, had two fantastic cheesesteaks from Angelo's, the best cheesesteaks I've had in my life. And if the Marlins make the postseason yet again, I hope they go back to Philadelphia. A longer series, preferably. This way I get more cheesesteaks. And hopefully they win that series too. But I'm not here to talk about the cheesesteaks. I'm here to talk about the Marlins and how they could get back to the postseason. And after putting in a year like they did last year, what are they going to do? They haven't done anything. They have a new president of baseball operations. They don't have Sandy Alcantara. They don't have Jorge Soler. So adding a president of baseball operations and many assistants, is that what is going to get them over the hump? I just don't think it's fair to the players who are still with the Marlins. It's also not fair to Marlins fans. It's not fair to Skip Schumacher. Hey, Skip, thank you for being manager of the year. Now we want you to do it without your ace and without the guy who hit the most home runs for you last season. So now let's see what you've got. Thankfully for Skip, because he seems like a really cool dude, a good dude, He's got that first season under his belt and other people in the league who may wind up paying him a lot of money to be a manager, they'll remember that. They'll recognize that and they'll see what he didn't have in his dugout year two. And that could also be a reason why Kim Ang left. Could be one of several reasons. But if they were only going to say, okay, we'll give you your one-year option, which I believe they were going to, but nothing else right now, and she sees this roster, she's got to be thinking, if I'm not going to get an extension after what just happened, how in the world would I ever get one after the 2024 season when we don't have Sandy? That's a major loss, and we're not going to sign anybody. But I'm ready for baseball season. It may not sound like it, but I am. All right, that's all the time I got for this Monday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.